Blog Talk Radio. Soulvox Radio presents Evolve with your host, Robin White Turtle Disney. Hi, welcome to Evolve. This is Robin White Turtle Disney, and today my guest is Janet Trenchard. Janet is a poet and an artist, and she's just completed her first book called Infrared. Uh, Janet has shown her work throughout the Bay Area, uh, her artwork, and her poems have been in Hilltropper, Porter Gulch Review, and a number of other places. Sejura. Right? Sejura. Mm-hmm. So that's great. So welcome, Janet. Thank you, Robin. Yeah. Good to be here. So it's kind of exciting that your first book of poems is coming out. My yeah. first book. How does it feel? I'm really excited. Yeah. It, it took me long enough to get to it, and I'm really, really happy with how it looks. Uh, good, good. Well, uh, she has a stunning painting on the front, and then there's some... Uh, you can see it on the website if you look on the website, and um, it's really a beautiful, beautiful book, so we're pretty excited about it. Um, so, Janet, how did this book come about? Tell me a little bit about your process in creating it, because oh, I know sure. you have a really unique way of creating your poems. Well, I do, Robin. Over time, I noticed myself leaning more toward a kind of a ritual and using the soul collage cards, as you're familiar with that process, too. It's mm-hmm. very ritualistic. Yeah. And I didn't intend to, but I found myself using them that way. Mm-hmm. They are very, they inspired a lot of my poems, not mm-hmm. all, but... And also, I consider, when I look at the cards, I consider that it is the muse. Mm-hmm. Because the cards are made in a process that is kind of really drawing on the unconscious. Yeah, so talk to a little bit about the soul collage process because yeah. that's um, that was created by Zena Frost, is that right? Yes. It, yeah. It's an amazing process that she created. She passed away this last year. And, you know, she has left all these facilitators all over the world who are just getting really into it. It's a lot of fun. And like I said, it's a cre- it's a creative thing where... When I pull a card blindly, I consider it's the muse of the day. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to sit down and write, I will pull a card. Mm -hmm. And these cards were made by me. Oh, okay. So these aren't tarot cards. These are cards that you make ahead of time. Right, right. And there's a certain process for these cards. Is that right? Right. So part of the process is to use sort of your peripheral vision as you select images so that you're just letting images um, speak to you on a sort of subliminal, half-subliminal level. Okay. And that's what, then you start realizing, you know, that the power that the images have, and you pull images together for a card. So it's not that different from writing. So, but the images, where do they come from? Do they, oh. do you paint them, or do you? Oh, right. Well, they come out of magazines. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we just, you know, just keep flipping pages, and with the out of the corner of our eye, we'll pull things that call to us for some reason. Could be scary mm-hmm. or beautiful, mm-hmm. or you you hate it, you love it, etc. Mm-hmm. And then you'll take these images and you'll decide what needs to go with what, and then you start. There's a process that we have that we learn how to speak from the card. We learn how to speak from the images that have come together. Mm. And interestingly, Robin, um, it's you were you were mentioning to me that you are interested in the surrealism in poetry. Mm-hmm. And I'm just seeing right now how there's a commonality there. Because right. you pull images together that may have nothing to do with each other, but they right. create a new meaning. Right. So it's really similar. So let me just get clear with our audience, listening audience, those that might want to look up Soul Collage and try it because uh-huh. it's so exciting that this process really anybody can do. Sounds right. Like. So you you tear images from magazines and then you kind of go into a meditation, don't you, when yeah. you're picking mm-hmm. the images? Yeah. And then you choose certain ones per card and, and the cards are what, like, Five by seven or something like that? Five by eight. Five by eight. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're kind of big. They're kind of like yeah. great big tarot cards. And yeah. then you paint, you you put the images on, the backgrounds and the foregrounds. And, yeah. And then, then you just collage. Collage And you decide on. somehow what images want to go there. And they often are images that 
might be conflicting or, you know, unusual combinations. And Uh that's where some magic comes in. Because a third thing is generated. When you give the voice to the card, you hardly know what's going to come out, but you speak as the card. Uh And um, this is what I use often in my writing. Uh Uh So I consider it the muse. Yeah. So that be, has be, that became a process for me where I will pull a card and the muse will speak to me yeah. about what it wants me to write. Uh-huh. So then you take your cards and do a fourth process, which is you write from the card. Right. Oh, that's, that's so interesting. So this whole process that you're doing starts with the soul collage card, mm-hmm. and then it moves into the card itself, mm-hmm. and then from the card itself mm-hmm. you write your poems. Right, and so many of the poems in my book do come from one of my 50 cards. Uh-huh. But not all. Not all. Not all. Yeah, so. but that's kind of the basis of a lot of your poetry. Yeah, because if I sit down and say, I'm going to write today, this is what I'll use. Mm-hmm. But other times, poems just come, so, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, how wonderful. Well, I love the fact that you, you're both a visual artist, so you, you are very comfortable with the visual process. And then you're also a poet, and you're comfortable with the poetic process, so that the two are kind of meeting here in your work. Yeah, there is a, there is a meeting, and I didn't realize how much of a meeting there was until I looked over my manuscript the other day, uh-huh. and I looked at it, and I was realizing, you know, a lot of the artist is coming through these. Yes, yes. Well, the images are so strong, and they have such a vitality to them. Uh, could you read one of them for us? Yes, uh, and I wanted to start with this one, uh, Vanishing Point, because this is a poem, though it's not necessarily surreal, a short poem, but it's. I realize that if people don't have an art background, I'm not sure what they'll make out of the title Vanishing Point, but to art students everywhere, that refers back to the Renaissance ideas of perspective, where... Mm-hmm. If two roads are parallel, running infinitely toward a horizon, everything will meet. Right, at a vanishing point. At a vanishing point. And it's a difference between Renaissance art mm-hmm. and um, the Raphaelite, Raphaelite oh, yeah. art yeah. that happened before where it was very flat images. There was no perspective. Right. Um, and so the Renaissance art introduced perspective, right. which includes the vanishing point. So right. just know, for those that aren't visually inclined or haven't been art, art right. students. Right, <laughs> like with uh, Da Vinci, you know, pretty much. Da Vinci, yeah. Uh, really did a lot of the mathematical perspective. But uh-huh. anyway, the vanishing point is the name of my poem. Under a roof of leaves, a cat and I walk slowly up a street from opposite sides, toward some center where it seems that everything must meet. The street, a hill drowned in oak shade, the cat, black as Robert Alvarado's hair, and me, a girl who could fall forever staring into it. Hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. It's the two sides of the street and the trees. Uh-huh. And the cat and everyone. Uh-huh. Yeah. And who is Robert Alvarado? Is that just well, a, name, um, a name you made up? or is Not it? really. No. Uh, it's a student I once had. Oh. Yeah, and his hair was so black, and I would just look at him like, wow, that hair is like infinity. Ah, oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Okay, well, we're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back. We're speaking with Janet Trenchard, who's got a new... A book of poems called Infrared. It'll be available toward the end of June, and we're very excited about it. It's published by Blue Bone Books, and we'll be right back. Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture, with your host, Robin White Turtle Lisney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve.
Hi, this is Robin White Turtle Lisney, and we're back. And my guest today is Janet Trenchard. She's a poet and an artist, and she has just completed a new book of poems called Infrared, which is very exciting. Uh, it's her first book of poems, and um, and it includes a lot of uh, work that has come from soul collage. Uh, in the first segment, we talked about soul collage and what it was. So, uh, Janet, would you read another poem for us? Sure. Um, I think I'll read Dark Gold. And as per our conversation about surrealism, I and I, I don't know anything academic about surrealism, but my understanding is that it doesn't make sense rationally, and it's coming from some place that doesn't need to make sense rationally. Mm-hmm. Could be dreamlike, but this is my experience in, let's say, a nightclub. Dark gold. Last night, a door opened onto a smoky stage, and I entered trembling. Men pranced and strutted, their faces surrendered to spirits, as trumpets summoned up from underground that dark gold that everything is made of. I drank the gold, the molten gold, pouring forth in warm shafts, sweet and dense as honey, my arms moving like snakes. Wonderful. Well, the surrealist uh, imagery in there is so thick because it it really is bringing it from an unconscious place, almost Mm -hmm. like bringing up the subconscious. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the great things about surrealism is that it brings in things together that would never be together in the same Mm -hmm. sentence or poem. Right. And at the same time, it it evokes uh, something deeper. And in your work... It certainly does that because probably the soul collage, but also because yeah. of who you are. Well, I feel like a lot of my poems will take place in a bar or be about the underworld of drinking, which I consider as an underworld mythically. Mm-hmm. And so I play with that mythic mythology, my arms moving like snakes instead of saying I was dancing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Well, and... You know, surrealism pops us kind of into other realms or dimensions. And I I know that, I mean, I know you personally, so I know your history in a little bit. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about your history with spirituality and how that might influence your poetry? Sure, um, definitely. I've always had an interest in spirituality. I have studied and read and I have gone to you know, see the masters, many spiritual masters I've gone to hear and to sit with, and it's been extremely enriching. Mm-hmm. It's extreme. It's been the most enriching thing in my life, and I feel like the teachings I have received spiritually are no less than a master's degree mm-hmm. or or PhD because mm-hmm. those aren't taught in university, but they're teachings and mm-hmm. they're very very profound. Mm-hmm. So that has enriched everything. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. um, also what it had also deepens my sensitivity to sort of the mythic underpinnings of culture. Right, right. And I I feel that that comes through my poems too without my intention, but Mm -hmm. it's just how I see the world. And who is your teacher now? Who are you studying? I'm in the school, the Ridwan School. The Ridwan. And uh, our teacher is Hamid Ali. It's headquarters in Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, is that Almas? Yes, it, uh-huh. he writes books under the name A.H. Almas. They're incredibly deep and uh-huh. profound uh-huh. teachings. Uh-huh. Yeah, great, great. Well, will you read another poem for us? Yes, I will. Head first, and with the grace of spiders the underbody suddenly visible this morning in shiny wet pavement, dropping down like a plumb line as if, having declined from the start to live above ground, had simply turned and dived down into vastness to drink at some reservoir of black space, sucking it up through long straw-like legs, root-like, arterial, up through the rain-slick asphalt into the hollows of my bones. Lovely. Yeah, uh, that was a reflection in a rainy pavement. Ah, you, know, you see uh-huh. the underbody is 
Oh, yeah. The reflection dro- that drops down from our feet. Oh, yeah. yeah. And seeing our our shadow there, our, yeah. our reflection, yeah. Right. Oh, it's kind of like a whole body that's the under, it lives down there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, great. that's um, great. I will read this one also. It's sort of in the same spirit, kind uh-huh. of surreal. Mm-hmm. Hatchings. Once I woke up inside a sandstorm and crawled out on my belly. I stood up and saw with the eyes of a god and breathed the pure air that rung with my laughter. Years later, driving home from the store, I wake up again as if from a dream to find myself in a driveway among a wilderness of rooftops. Like a baby bird cracking its shell, I open the car door, step out, look around in wonder. The key in my hand an X that says, you are here on a map of the moon. <laughs> yes, where are you really? Right. <laughs> on the map of the moon. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, those images, the way they come together, you know, uh, maps and images underground and going down into the subconscious, that seems to be so much a part of your work. Mm-hmm. Um, and in really digging up the gold mm-hmm. that's there, I love mm-hmm. the you know mm-hmm. that's the dark gold that yeah. we those of us interested in that work that we mine that know. we mine it yeah. yeah yeah we mine it yeah I opened the book with a section called dark gold and I thought to myself I wonder if that's too much too soon but there was reasons why that seemed to go first and uh-huh. I like that mining of that dark gold that we're all made of yeah. So you have four sections in this yeah. book, and um, the first one is starting with Dark Gold uh-huh. and the poem that you read just a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Um, can you go through the different sections? Sure. There's dark the next gold. one is um, Time and Weather. Time and Weather. And that has is a little bit of history, but I also want to say it's not necessarily my history. Uh-huh. It's just states of mind, uh-huh. that, states of mind that are described in such a way. And some of them are my history and some aren't. And then the next one is Smithereens, which has to do with the breaking apart of things and Mm -hmm. just the blasting, sometimes in a good way, sometimes not so good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the last one is Infrared. Infrared, yeah. And the Infrared um, is the one that tells the story of a house I lived in when I was a single mom and my kids. And Well, it's not very much about my kids. In fact, I had boys, but if a girl appears in the in the poem, it might be my own inner child. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes an elder woman appears who is my own elder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the future, and the child is in the past. But, you know, there's no real time, so we right. can communicate with them in surrealist poetry, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Forward and backwards, right? And in it, and in your soul collage work, there are lots of images of grandmotherly mm-hmm. figures mm-hmm. and children figures, and that's yeah. part of the soul collage process. Yeah, isn't it? it isn't is. It, it uh-huh. is. Yeah. And then I, when I draw the, when I draw that card, I regard that as my elder self, giving me some wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm so grateful for it. Mm-hmm. And my child too can give me wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing about the infrared section is I need to say a little something about infrared. It's To me, it's the point in life where I discovered I was free, and this freedom had such a taste to me. But in that same moment, I realized I was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the poem, Infrared, mm-hmm. which I should read next. Yeah, if you want to, sure. Yeah. I wasn't thinking of reading well, it next, part, but... Talk a little bit about that freedom. Yeah. Yeah, before you read the poem. Okay, well... Um, what are you talking... Are you talking about spiritual freedom? Are you talking about that you're yeah. free mm-hmm. of uh, um, uh, conformities that we are raised with? Yeah, it's, it's along those lines, like conditioning. Free, free of conditioning, free of conformities that we're raised with, or just a young woman realizing that the freedom that is really natural to us... Mm-hmm. But also in that freedom, you're very vulnerable. Right. And also in also infrared is thermal. So it also reflects our mammal, mm-hmm. well, our mammal nature, because we are mammals. Right, right. And mammals have, have infrared, you know, thermal nature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, everything living 
Great right. Does. Well, uh, you know, what I mean by that is mammals are, are warm-blooded. Uh-huh, yeah. So I'm recognizing I'm a mammal, mm-hmm. I'm free, and I'm vulnerable. Mm-hmm, hmm Okay. Will you read the poem? Mm-hmm. There's some other interesting meanings of infrared that Stuart was sharing with me. Mm-hmm. Wow, they're way out there. I don't know ah. if I can do justice, but the idea of it is that the infrared wavelength in the light spectrum, it doesn't shatter, and the others do eventually shatter. So when people are using telescopes to look out into galaxies, other galaxies, all the other light rays will shatter before the infrared, which will then bounce off, and it can tell you about you know, uh-huh. celestial bodies out there. And well, isn't infrared the beginning of the invisible spectrum, too? It is. Yeah, so then on that level, infrared light is what we cannot see. Yeah. And then it's also kind of what, again, what bubbles up from the unconscious. So Right. That's and the way that it's able to see um, heavenly bodies that are too far for any other light to see is yeah. by is by um, temperature, you know, it's by, I can feel it uh-huh. thermally. Interesting. Yeah, that's my understanding. A yeah. very, very shallow understanding, but... Yeah, but that's fascinating. It I didn't fascinating. know they used infrared light to yeah. discover other planets. Yeah, Stuart shared that with me, and I uh, hadn't known that when I used what the title. A wonderful reflection of I know. our subconscious. I know. I mean, what is out is in, you know. Right. We, all, we all know that, but... Right. Okay, you've got to read the poem. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah, this is the title poem, and it's deep in the back section. Infrared. I keep a jug of red wine in the bushes for night walks, fill my coffee mug, cup like it was fire or rubies, because the light is draining out of everything. The wind hisses, but I hear only the curse, echoes of curses, pops and whistles spinning themselves out like pinwheeling firecrackers. I drink red wine as the long black tongue of pavement slowly swallows the light, as a cool moon rises, a squid in ink. I pull my shawl tight, stick to the sidewalks, look over my shoulder. I'm infrared, a mouse on the desert at night. Mm -hmm. Well, that mouse certainly shares that... uh, vulnerability. That's the vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. And the freedom is just, she's walking down the street away from whatever might tie her down. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Well, we're going to take another little break, and we'll be right back. I'm with Janet Trenchard, artist and poet, who's just published, is just in the process of publishing her first book of poems called Infrared, and we'll be right back. The music today is by Benny Goodman called On the Alamo. This is your host for Evolve, Robin Whiteturtle-Lisney, and I wanted to share with you a few of the other things that I do in the world beside the radio show. In addition, I'm an energy medicine practitioner in the Bay Area and across the country by phone, and I work uh, through East West Bookshop in Mountain View, California, so you can always find me there on Fridays. In addition, I have um, five books, uh, 
Four of them are nonfiction, and one is a fiction book uh, that's actually based on facts called Poems for the Lost Deer. The other books are Heart Path, Heart Path Handbook, and prior to that, Sacred Living and Dancing Up the Moon. Um, my recent, more recent books, Heart Path and Heart Path Handbook, uh, teach people self-love, and this is the foundation of my practice, that love does heal all things. You can find out more uh, about my work on my website, www.thecenterforthesoul.com, and uh, you can also check out the books on www.bluebonebooks.com. And now we'll go back to the show. Hi, we're back. This is Robin White Turtle Lisney, and the show is Evolve. And my guest today is Janet Trenchart. Janet is an artist and a writer. Uh, her paintings and assemblages have been exhibited in San Jose, Palo Alto, Carmel, and San Francisco. She's presently an exhibiting member of the Los Gatos Museums Gallery. She has had poems and stories published under the name Janet Crawford and also her name currently, Janet Trenchard, in Porter Gulch Review, Paisley Moon, Hill Tromper, and other journals. And she has a new book coming out. It's just so exciting, called Infrared. And it's her first book of poems. So welcome, Janet. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) It's very exciting. So at the break, we were talking about surrealism. And um, in the last show that we did uh, uh, for Evolve, I interviewed Elizabeth McKenzie, and uh, she was very fascinated uh, by um, the Surrealist poets, uh, French Surrealist poets like uh, uh, Bacalard, Gaston Bacalard, and a number of other writers. And it's it's very that's more an academic take on it. But um, I, I also she uses it in her work because her her most recent book, um, The Portable Veblen, had was a whole ab- it was very abstract in certain ways like she was bringing together really desperate things squirrels oh. and a married couple and the mm. medical world and the oh. experiments in the military Ooh, and all kinds I love of it. stuff it's just a fascinating book and so your work does a similar thing because you're bringing together such interesting different components um can you talk about what makes uh, makes that real for you in surrealism. I mean, how does that, how do you relate? Because that's what you're doing in your poems. Um, can you talk a yeah. little bit about your take on surrealism? Yeah, it is such an interesting subject, and I don't really know anything about it in terms of academia. But I, my understanding generally is that, um, like you said, disparate elements come together with no reconciling. In other words, the reconciling is the reader's process. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like that, and I often, I think my poems aren't, you know, com- aren't completely spelling out how you should understand them, because I do think, and I think the surrealists in general were wanted this too. They wanted the reader to take an act, active role, right? Yeah, right. and that's important to me. So mm-hmm. I don't tell them every single way to take a poem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What they bring to it could be really powerful mm-hmm. or not but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well and don't you think that modern poetry tends to have that element in it it's not explanatory it doesn't i do think uh, that yeah. you know cont- more contemporary poetry get, throws images together that seem really fractured fractious sometimes but they're not that when you start to read it and put it together in your mind it's mm-hmm. like everybody takes with it mm-hmm. Uh, what they particularly perceive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that makes it rich because everyone has a different take on it. Right. And especially when you're dealing with the subconscious, you can, right. uh, everyone has a different portal yeah. through which we enter mm-hmm. uh, the subconscious. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I find that really fascinating. I do too. And yeah. I think also just the rich, the opportunities for rich images is mm-hmm. very great when you let yourself be free that way when you're writing. Mm-hmm. And um, there's the, it's like dreams. You know, mm-hmm. it's been mentioned many times that it's, it is like dreams and that poets, you know, will draw from dream imagery. Mm-hmm. It's like dreams in that it makes its own sense in its own way, mm-hmm. yeah, without yeah. the need for the rational uh, interference. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever read the work of Matthew Fox? 
A bit, yeah. A bit, yeah, because yeah, he has, um, I was just thinking about your book in terms of his four vias. Oh. He has, you know, via creativa, oh. uh, via transformativa. Mm, um, I love it. Uh, oh, I don't know if I can remember them all, but there's four vias, and one is uh, uh, going down. It's all about the similar thing as your work. Like, you go down, You first you mm-hmm. start with your life, then you go into the transformation, mm-hmm. then there's the shattering, yeah. and then there's kind of almost the resurrection, although... Yeah. I hate to use that word in terms of poetry because right. it doesn't really fit your work, but it does fit the idea that there's transformation. That there's occurs. transformation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, I do have transformation does occur in uh-huh. my story, yeah. in infrared especially. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, I really like that. Yeah, because he, like he has the big, yeah, yeah, Matthew Fox. His yeah. um, original blessing was, you know, a very famous book, and he's, he's a... Um, was a Dominican theologian. He's an Episcopalian priest now, but his his imagery and his ideas about the personal process of transformation um, really uh, overlays beautifully with the concepts in your book. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. So, okay, so do you want to read another poem for us? Sure. Okay, this one is in the dark gold section. Bang it, baby. Better blow some life into those eyes, sweetheart. Go down and get a drink at the all-faiths bar where your friend preacher looks you in the face all the way through and says softly, can you get yourself together? And you wonder as you back away. And you don't know if you should get a tattoo or a turban or maybe just a bourbon. You're teetering on the edge, a bar stool away from salvation, when out the window you see a gang of misfits and mystics, troublemakers and troubadours. Someone hands you a tambourine. (laughs) Love that imagery. Well, I kind of have fun with the idea of the all-faith bar, how we go to order up some kind of spiritual teaching and we try this and we try that. And uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, and it kind of goes with what we were talking about with Matt Fox because, you know, his his ideas are that these vias, these different paths oh, right. of human uh-huh. existence right. really transcend religion. Yes. They're really not about being Episcopalian or Catholic or Jewish or Hindu or no. Muslim. They're really about what we do as humans. Yeah. And, of course, you're... That poem uh, so does that. So does that bang. Well, it was to me funny in that way. Uh-huh. It you know all the different religions being served in a bar or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I also love the the um, alliteration you have in them. You know, it could be uh, or a bourbon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I know. I snuck that there. little. I stuck. I snuck a little rhyme in there. Turban and bourbon. I hate to do that, but I couldn't resist. <laughs> So I kind of hid it in a line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. So I love this idea that um, in your book we've got these four, the smithereen section. Did mm-hmm. you have a particular poem from that section that you like? So this is the smithereen section, and this is called Interstate 580? Yeah. Yeah. This poem is for Jeff Walcott, my dear departed friend. Interstate 580 for Jeff. The moon sprays platinum among dark trees. The glow of payless drugs floats by so lightly, intimate and unknown, an icon of our world, like headlights carried on arms of warm dark air, ghostly machine guns blowing us to smithereens. Mm. Wow. That was a drive at, late at night on 580. <laughs> uh, can you talk about that a little more? Yeah. Machine guns. Um, yeah, have? the machine guns is a surreal element. It's just, you know, the headlights carried on this. It was a warm night, so the headlights were carried on arms of air, like ghostly machine guns, as if they had the light from the headlights was the machine guns blowing us to smithereens. Oh, uh, yeah. That feeling that you can have when it's really dark yeah. and headlights blast you. And you can't see, you know, you yeah. can't see ahead very far. Yeah, I love that imagery so much. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So that that's a really short one. Okay. Let's see so you have another one out. from that section because that's the the descent. That's yeah. Where you yeah. go in. Yeah. I'll. Uh, I'll read this one called Cool Side. I'm reading a lot of short ones. Maybe I should tackle a longer one, but this is short. Cool Side. Exhausted by relentless radiance, the sun, self-eclipsed, stepped out through the burning hole as a moon into a rice paper sky. Skim milk on a glass plate. No one knew the sun had a cool, introspective side and dreamed of hanging out at a seaside bar wrapped in white chiffon. <laughs> well, that's another element of your work that I just love, which is it's the humor that comes yeah. in, and it twists the, like, twists the knife of humor in white chiffon. Right. <laughs> it's just so fun. I was going to say in full drag, but I thought, no, let's just soften that a little. <laughs> the sun stepping out as a moon. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the surrealist element, you right, know. That's right. how how it can help us to include all things. Right. Don't you think surrealism does that? I mean, I it do. helps us include I so do. many different aspects of life that I do. You know, we struggle with all the time. I mean, in our our, our bigger society, you know, we struggle yeah. with acceptance of all the different kinds of people there are. Right. And we struggle with all the different kinds of religions and races and you know, uh, types of people sexually and all kinds of things. Right. And I think, I think that one of the things surrealism does is it is it brings things that seemingly couldn't possibly mm-hmm. be together yeah. in the same few right. sentences. It gives us the idea that this powerful, radiant, godlike being might just one day want to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go down to a bar dressed in chiffon. <laughs> Yeah, why not? So. Which is how the sun looked that day, you know, yeah. with the fog over the ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I love it when it's like that. I know. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, this is another element of your work is nature and how nature um, speaks to us. You know, night skies, the mm-hmm. moon on, yeah. you know, the sun and the fog yeah. where yeah. it goes into white chiffon. I mean, mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about nature and how it has influenced your your work? Well, you know, the images of nature are pretty hard to avoid, you know. It's like a part of our world, it's part of us. Mm-hmm. So in that way, they, they enter in. And, it's, of course, nature is very inspiring. So when you see the sun wrapped in all this mist and fog, looking like chiffon, you know, it's a natural mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. use it as a an image. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's how nature enters into my poetry, mostly as imagery that is perhaps a state of mind. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of my poems are evoking a state of mind that I might have passed through, I might have entered, I might have, or not. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, and then it also, nature, um, in some traditions, spiritual traditions, you know, is the expression of who we are. So that's beautiful. Uh, in I know in the Umbanda practices that I've studied uh, in South America, uh, you're actually striving as a medium to get to the to the essence of your being, which could be uh, the ocean waters and the the sweet waters coming together. Like that wow. may be who you are. That can conjoining of those two waters or who your essence is may be this the where the sand meets the ocean or it might be the mountain or and there are different elements or what are called orishas that that express that wow that's beautiful beautiful? i know we had talked you know a year or two ago about you explained some of the orisha work with me Mm -hmm. and it really made an impression robin it's um actually has informed some of my poems. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. and that's just from you sharing with me because uh, I really took to the mythical qualities uh-huh. of the Orishas. Well they're they're actual presences that live through us. I mean they're they are not entities, but they're actual I see essences, essences. That, of who we are. Yeah. So let me ask you if if you could guess your essence, what would it be? 
Would it be fire, earth, air, water, or a combination of a couple? It's sort of hard for me to get outside of the conditioning around, you know, um, astrology and your element and those things. It's yeah. kind of hard to get really outside of that. Uh-huh. uh-huh. In general, I would go with water. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which would be, you know, my sun sign and oh, cancer. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. But I also do... I mean, in many ways, I see myself that way, watery, yeah, yeah, yeah in yeah. affinity. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I just thought I'd ask you so Yeah, we're on the topic. So, um, do you have another poem for us? I do. Uh, I read Cool Side, but I'd like to read something very surreal, Pai Shakti. Okay. <laughs> Since we're talking about that, Pai Shakti. He had passed through blue doorways in a suit and tie, gained entrance into temples and white cloud pavilions, wandered among lost lords of the underworld with their cigars and ray-bands, their beards and motorcycles. They forgave him. They seemed to take his sins upon themselves with a wink and a clink of glasses. All his searching and yet he had overlooked her. How had he missed this point of light, bare feet planted in American dirt, Jesus written all over her face? He opened himself to the touch of her radiant squash blessing. Thunderclouds gathered. Natural laws were broken. His heart opened like a pumpkin in the rain. <laughs> I love that. It's like a pumpkin in the rain. Some of the images from that probably remind you of some of the Orisha. Yeah, You know, right. these lords of the underworld. And, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and they seem to take his sins upon themselves or, uh-huh. you know, they're whatever their magical way of working through stuff with you yeah. is, which I know so little, but it's yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they work, um, the spirits of light that are brought into an Umbanda ceremony um, I'll just say briefly, are yeah. here to help the whole planet heal. Beautiful. And so they come in through the elements that are like the uh, uh, the lines. They're called lines in the Umbanda tradition, like Ashango, which is the the manifested earth, or Ashasi, the manifested, the forest. Um, and the, the light in the forest is his counterpart, Sharema, who's always searching searching, searching for the light when she is the light. Oh, that's beautiful. And um, he's the hunter who's going after her. So there's a lot of stories from Africa that speak about these different um, Arishas. And um, actually, it ties together so much with uh, the soul collage because um, Zena Frost's predecessor, Maria Bruna Sierra Bella, is actually taking on her work all over the world and she's teaching a course on Arishas because she's also studied right, in London. That's right. Her successor. Her successor. Yeah. yeah. Her her successor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, it's pretty right. pretty exciting because they exciting. all do kind of mesh together because when we're talking about all humanity, we are talking about all of us being connected to the elements. We all need the earth. We all need water and um, air and we can't live without food. We can't live without fire you know, for heat, for keeping us warm. Well, that's true. One of the things that I thought about in the um, in Pai Shakti is <coughs> the, remember you told me about some of the gods or the entities will take on a kind of a dark presence. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I, I believe they absorb our darkness. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's my sense of it, so mm-hmm. I, a little bit of that showed up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the primal elements of fire, the Ogun. Oh, it is. The ogum, which is the ogum, is the movement of fire, and then there's 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 other elements, but the first primal, fecund kind of um, element of fire is um, is the eshu, and the eshu and pomagira eshu is the male, and the pomagira is the female. Of elegbara, elegbara is the element of fire, um, sparks life. And so it's it's kind of, if you think of it like the sexual act, you know, the spark of life, the sperm going into the zygote, you know, creates the new life and the two coming together. And I just learned recently that 
Um, I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. That there is a spark visible, is that it? No, that, okay. well, there is, but, that, but the, the being in that, that starts to form in the zygote, mm-hmm. when the sperm and the egg come together, yeah. that we, each of us, pick our DNA strands and put them together. Oh my God! Joanna just talked to us to us about it. Joanna's a mutual friend, and um, she's also a nurse, and she reads a lot of scientific papers. And she just found out that actually the zygotes choo- and the the essence of the being actually chooses the DNA strands that it wants to to express. Amazing! Amazing! Isn't that amazing? It is so amazing. And they've just discovered that. So uh, back to your poem in Pai Shakti. It's like these primal elements coming together. Like mm-hmm. he hasn't noticed her, but there she is, this mm-hmm. you know, this yeah. being of light. Yeah. And there's the primal spark of, yeah. you know, the elegbata that's yeah. being expressed there. Which right. Is, uh, which is what's needed for all of us to begin life or to start a new relationship or to be, you know, moving in a new direction or whatever. So. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. Well, I think we have um, time for one more poem. Do okay, you have a, another one that you what, want to read? What am I going to read? Okay, so the um, the poem that I'm going to read now is going to depart. I thought let's. There's other poems that are not that surreal. They're a little bit more narrative, and mm-hmm. I thought I would give one example of that mm-hmm. from the infrared section. It's called Valerian. When she was depressed, she drank valerian tea. She bought the chopped up dried root at the health food store and kept little bags of it lying around. It smelled horrible like dirty socks. Funny thing, too, is how she used to hate the valerian that grew wild all over the backyard where she and her husband used to live, with the neat little beds of roses, and all around them stood the valerian, wild and tall, with roots so strong they could break up a patio. In the end, she gave up trying to get rid of them and decided it was nature's plan for patios that they would break up anyway, like sheets of ice, and drift slowly apart. Mm. Love it. Love it. Wow. Well, I'm very excited about your first book of poems. I think it's a wonderful collection. And uh, you've had some amazing uh endorsements too um boy i am so grateful for those uh, aren't they wonderful um you know sally ashton calls it unforgettable uh erica got and sally ashton is a uh, was a poet laureate in santa clara county oh yeah and editor of dmq review and she's got collections three collections yeah of poems, so she's well read, and uh, she's Erica, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Erica Goss uh, said the, these musical poems tra- traverse a landscape of human encounters, some domestic, domestic, others alcohol-soaked, all compelling. And then she goes on to say these poems illuminate the unexpected links in life and love. And she was poet laureate emeritus in Los Gatos, so that's pretty exciting. And then you've got another great endorsement from Dane Servine, who says Infrared is a luminous book, which I, think I is love a that great, too. That very is so great. great. So I'm very excited and proud of you for connecting this book with your art and the soul collage. I think it's a really rich uh, subject, and um, people should go to the websites. <laughs> to it's look just at great. It. It's yeah. great to get them all together between two bookends or whatever because you know otherwise they're just in a folder somewhere right 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 so uh congratulations on your book uh and thank thank you you. so much yeah thank you so much for sharing your work today and uh janet i've been speaking with janet trenchart she's an artist and a writer her paintings and assemblages have been exhibited in san jose palo alto carmel and san francisco she's presently exhibiting member of the los gatos museum gallery She's had poems and stories published uh, in Portugal's Review, Paisley Moon, Hill Tromper, and other journals uh, under her name, Janet Trenchard, and also Janet Crawford, her former name. And she has a new book, which we've just been speaking about, called Infrared. And it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Robin. It was fun. All right. 
This is uh, Robin White Turtle Listney, and the show is Evolve. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Evolve on Soulvox Radio with your host, Robin White Turtle Listney. Next show is this Sunday, live on-air readings with Heisey Lutmers on Soulvox Radio. Thanks for joining us.